0: you Lord so here we are did we ever think that we would be able to meet again (laughs) yeah absolutely because God is big and powerful and more great than even our governments (laughs) we sometimes forget those things and and uh you know, at where we are as a, as a, a civilization, uh, everything that we see can be manipulated. Everything that we hear can be manipulated. Everything before us, uh, we are becoming jaded as a people and what, what we allow in so that if you see something, you might go oh that was good but but you wonder how much how much did they doctor that how much did they change that you hear something and you think mm, is that the truth or is that a lie and we forget i think that god is not a liar god is not a manipulator God is one who uh, we can trust and who is bigger and more mighty than we could imagine. Uh, Amanda sang, uh, led us in, uh, my God is so big, so strong, and you know. <laughs> he, she led us in that uh, the song that said that he is powerful. And Donna, when, when she read uh, this morning was talking about the awe of God. And, and that's the very thing I want to talk about this morning. Something that we, we kind of lose in the midst of all of this stuff. You know, we get, we get hunkered down and, and the amazing things that are about us don't seem so amazing anymore. And now we need, need to keep our hearts open. It's not another, you need to do this sort of thing it's it's um it's just what who he is and how we can be awestruck by him i want to read from psalm 29 i'm going to read the whole psalm ascribe to the lord o heavenly beings ascribe to the lord glory and strength ascribe to the lord the glory do his name remember singing about his name worship the lord in the splendor of holiness the voice of the lord is over the waters ron the glory or the god of glory thunders the lord over many waters the voice of the lord is powerful the voice of the lord is full of majesty the voice of the lord breaks the cedars the lord breaks the cedars of lebanon he makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a, like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, all cry, Glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. May the Lord bless you, his people, with peace. His voice, many times over the last year and a half, We've spoken about his voice and how we hear his voice and how we attune ourselves to his voice. But his voice, his voice is more than what we have been attuning ourselves to because we've been listening for that still small voice. But his voice also breaks the cedars. (laughs) Like, whoa, (laughs) yeah. He is awesome. So we we get in our way, uh, and and we start to think that the world works in a certain way. You know, that up to the 16th century, we had an understanding as a people, science would tell us that the earth was the center of the universe, and that the sun and moon and stars all revolved around the earth. (laughs) You probably learned that in... in in elementary school. (laughs) But in the 16th century, we had some some scientists, uh, Copernicus and Galileo and and, uh, uh, Kepler, who, who felt that they understood that the earth wasn't the center, but of our universe, of what we were looking at, the sun was actually the center and the earth went around it. And that... What a change that was. Many people <laughs> from that time died refusing to accept that the Earth was not the center of the universe. <laughs> but science moved people on. It was a paradigm shift for people. And I want to, the definition for a paradigm is a distinct set of concepts and practices that define a scientific discipline at any particular period of time. A paradigm shift is when established theories collapse and new ideas and understandings take their place. So we have a way of looking at whatever we're looking at. We We have this grid that we see the world through. But when God shows up, he challenges our paradigms. He challenges what we are are seeing, what we are believing. Will we actually believe something else? And I have this sense that God is about to do that, to challenge our paradigms. That he's he's about to move in a way that... that (laughs) Is going to take us out of our way of thinking. So, as an example of that, you might think, uh, "Well, I know that God heals, and but we just don't see it very often." Well, what if every time you spoke, God healed? <laughs> He's capable of that. He's capable of every time you lay hands on somebody, they get well. Would that change your way of looking at at life? Would that, would that challenge your paradigm, that this God is so big and so strong and so mighty that there's nothing my God cannot do? <laughs> <laughs> Can I go on your album, Brian? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it, it is so, so, so awesome. <laughs> Here we here we look at God and we have the same kind of an idea that the people before the 16th century would have had. We have an understanding of how God works. We have to. We are all theologians of one sense or another. Anytime you have an idea about God, you become a theologian. Whether you're a correct theologian or a deep theologian are entirely different things. Whether you're an academic theologian, we are all theologians. Because we all have theories about how God works. <laughs> and and I think he's going to be challenging some of those stuck in the mud kind of kind of theories that we've had about him. We read Psalm twenty nine and we read how Big and how wonderful he is, and how his voice <laughs> changes things. His voice holds the universe together. He is so so amazing. Huh. I forget where I'm going. I just get lost in him for just a minute there. Sorry. <laughs> So what emotion is it that would allow us to actually move from the way that we're thinking? There, there is an emotion that, that opens us up for God to move in our hearts. Or for us, it doesn't even have to be God, but it usually is. That, that we could change the way we think. That emotion is awe, A-W-E. We have a, a, a saying that I think is overworked and underdescriptive. It is that God is awesome. God is awesome. It's because we don't have a bigger word to say about Him. We don't have something that, that could fit Him into. So, so awesome becomes the word that describes our God. But when we feel awe, things change. Years ago, uh, Christine and I were taking her nephew uh, uh, on a trip to Vancouver Island. And we we stopped off at Cathedral Grove just past Parksville, Qualicum there. Um, And in Cathedral Grove, there are first growth cedars and spruce. and, And many of them are over 200 feet tall. Now, this young man had come from Ontario, uh, and, and he was a talker. <laughs> we, the whole way over there, it was like he was talking the whole, whole time. He filled the, the, the car with his sound. But we got out of the car, and he looked up, and he was absolutely silent. He just kept looking up, and up, and up, <laughs> and up again. And he was in total awe. There was nothing he could say at that moment. He was, he was open to his life having changed. He understood that things could grow that big, that mighty. <laughs> I remember that feeling when my parents, when I was you know, back in 1966, we took a, a road trip down to California, and we stopped at the redwoods, and there the trees are two and three hundred feet tall. And I remember looking up and thinking, "How did they get that big?" It's just it just it stops you in your tracks, and you feel awe. And God doesn't have any issue with two or three hundred foot trees; they're just His creation. We are in awe when we see something like that. And it, it changes our paradigm. It changes the way we look at things. Awe is also spiritual and emotional. It's an experience of vastness and the need for a mental accommodation of the vastness. Right? So we have no, we have no category to put something like that in the first time you see the ocean in its anger 30 or 40 foot waves smashing down on the shore and you think wow you have no place to put those things you have to rearrange your life to accommodate the vastness that's before you and this is this is the vastness of a creation or a created thing. God put the oceans into place. God put those trees there. And yet he holds the universe in the palm of his hand. How do you think of God? Do you think of him as as that incredibly big or or is he is he your friend? The one that you go to and say, uh, mm, "Parking spot, Lord, need a parking spot at Costco today." <laughs> yeah, he is both, <laughs> but we can get stuck in that one pretty quick. <laughs> Sometimes I'm in awe at at Costco at how big their parking lot is, and when God doesn't give me a parking spot, I have to park on the far side. (laughs) I'm in awe, God. (laughs) He is both. He cares so much for us, His puny little creations, and yet He created the universe. If you haven't seen that that uh, presentation of G- Giglio, Giglio, the uh, uh, he talks about how 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 little our sun is, how puny our planet is when you compare it to other planets and other suns in the in the solar system, and how our solar system is just part of something even bigger than that. The immensity of what God created is beyond anyone's paradigm here. Um, <laughs> I had I had something from uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln here. Just a second. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln uh, oh, come on. <laughs> he he's hiding on me. He had this uh, an experience of a of a paradigm shift. When he was a young man. And he he said. I never behold the heavens filled with stars. That I do not feel that I am looking in the face of God. I can see how it might be possible for a man to look down upon the earth. And be an atheist. But I cannot conceive. How he could lie looking up into the heavens. And say that there is no God. It, it just goes on and on and on. Werner von Braun, who was a, an atheist when uh, he was, uh, when he'd started, he's the father of the uh, United States um, NASA. Uh, when it, he, he became a believer because he could not com- comprehend the vastness of the universe, he had nothing to put it in its place. He had no way of dealing with that. He's a scientist and, and uh, an amazing man, but he had to believe in God because it was just too big, too big and too amazing and too well put together for it not to have intelligent thought behind it. And so he had to come to a, an understanding of who God was. In Psalm 29, we read, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The rest of the the psalm strikes a similar note. When you read about Ah, oh, you understand that we need to have a sense of the awe of God in order to, to not take the world for granted. We have a capacity to take anything that we, we become familiar with for granted. Um, Husbands and wives take each other for granted, and that that ends in divorce usually. They start to grow apart because they don't see each other as the wonder and amazing person that that they actually married. People take uh, peace, the peace, the relative peace that we have here in Canada for granted because it's the way we live. But it so quickly could be gone, devolved into something that the United States has, has gone through. Some of their, their cities like Portland and Chicago and Detroit have gone through terrible turmoil um, with people doing things that they should not be doing. But, but we take it for granted because we live in this place of peace. Being open to a sense of awe allows us to to let God move through our our beings. To be open to the things that he's doing. Because because so often today I talk to people and I'll tell them a biblical truth, a, a nugget that will change their lives. And the common response is, oh yeah, I know that. They're taking it for granted and not hearing what's what's actually there. This could change your life for the better. But because you've heard it before and it becomes it's become a religious knowledge to you, you're you're unwilling to receive it with the awe of God's inspired word. (laughs) His word can change you in a heartbeat. And yet and yet, because we are familiar with it, oh yeah, I've heard that preached many times you know well, let it into your heart <laughs> where it will actually change you. We, we get to the place where we we are so jaded in in all that we understand and I mean some of you are really smart, <laughs> especially you at home. <laughs> But, but we need, in my opinion, we need to keep ourselves open to, to, to God and allowing Him to move. Because I see a time when things are, are, are going to be presented before us. Now, now this is an observation. Something that I've... I've it's an anecdotal story, if you would. But um, when, when I met Brian... He was living in Toronto. Brian and Sue were living in Toronto. They were part of the uh airport vineyard there. Uh and and God was doing incredible things. And I went to a meeting uh on uh Dixon Road, a little their little place they they had there. I think they had two units of a warehouse. <laughs> and and uh the worship went on and then and then God started moving in the room, and things were happening, and people were laughing, and people were crying, and, and people were falling on the floor. And I was standing beside a guy that I had gotten to know just before the the meeting, and this guy said, I don't know what this is all about. I came to check it out, but I don't think that anything is going to be happening here, you know? <laughs> and so I'm, I'm amazed at what's going on around us, and I'm, I'm feeling all of these waves of something happening in me, and I look at him, and he's standing there, looking around, and I said, "You feel that?" And he says, "No, I don't feel a thing. I don't understand what these people are doing." And I said, "What do you mean, God's God's moving in the room?" And I started to laugh, and he started to make fun of me, like. Are are you putting this on? He said, "Like are you? Do you do you so desperately want to be like them?" And I said, "No, it's God." And he said, "This is not God. This is not God." Now, (laughs) who are we? (laughs) Yeah, God got him eventually. but I was struck by how how people on either side of him, in front of him and behind him, were mightily touched by God, and yet he was not. Because he knew. And he, he had his mind made up before he went in there. He knew all about God. He knew how God moves, what God will do, how God will show up. And by the end of the week, he was he was... He had totally changed his heart because God struck him in a way with such love and such wonder that that he was doing he was lying on the floor and laughing for hours, <laughs> and and uh, he was awestruck by God. He he had he had to change his paradigm. He had to change the way. He let God into his life in order to accommodate a God that loved him that much and that would go out of his way to make this guy feel loved where he had never felt loved before. That's the, that's the amazing part of God. And that is a place that I am concerned that the church is getting to, because we know how God moves. We have it all worked out, and I I have yet to find a box that I can put God in that He will stay in. He hops out all the time. He's not like a cat. (laughs) You put a box out, cat will jump into it. But God just is breaking out of boxes that we put Him into all the time. He finds a way to challenge our understanding of who He is and, and the enormity of His great love for us. I, I, uh, when I was in grade 12, we, we hiked up uh, Black Blackcomb Mountain. No, Black Tusk. I lied. <laughs> uh, and and uh, at a, a little cabin up there, somebody had put, tacked Psalm 19 on the door. It was just a piece of paper with a, with a little little tack in it, a little nail. And, and I remember reading these words. It meant nothing to me at the time because I, I didn't know who God was. I understood that people did. And I understood that this meant something to somebody, but I remember Psalm 19 because that would be my next birthday. I was 18 years old. And so from Psalm 19, the heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. There is no speech, nor are there words, their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has sent, set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy and like a strong man runs its course with joy. <laughs> he, he sets the universe in its place and sets the timing of everything so that the sun comes up and runs the way it will through the day by his voice <laughs> by his command he has put it all in place way bigger than i could imagine way bigger than i ever thought i would i would want to imagine when i was that age cuz at 18 you know everything right i did <laughs> I've, I've forgotten so much since then <laughs> awe is required not only for the day-to-day working of science, but it's also crucial to help reorient scientists thinking in times of paradigm change. That was a quote that I picked up from somebody de Cruz but. Um, um, Talking about science, and we, we are being bombarded right now with what they call science. The science is, is proven. The science is agreed upon, and it has nothing to do with science. It has everything to do with what, what some people have decided the world should look like. Science, science will confirm the things of God eventually. Science is just starting to catch up to God and what God had put into place thousands of years ago. Science has to have a place of awe when God starts to move so that they can change their paradigm. And and we're going to be seeing God moving in a way that will challenge science. Challenge science to to move off their, their understandings. In, in the 1600s, physics looked a certain way, and then they discovered quantum physics. And that's all a theory right now. Because <laughs> nobody can actually prove quantum physics. But it's, it's out there. Now, now, if God reveals himself in in another way, he could change quantum physics in a heartbeat. Or he might confirm that, yeah, that's, that's actually the mathematical formula for what I've put together. <laughs> Whatever he's going to do, he's going to do. But he will, he will do it in such a way that he will challenge us to open our hearts to him. And be available to how big and how awesome he is in all his ways. So my, my admonition to us as a people is... Don't be so stuck in our ways that we think we know how God will move in every situation. For Ron, on his, his uh, mission trip to the coast, God has different ways to move. We think that he's going to show up at three stops. <laughs> but if he decides to move in another way and have you stop at a different place, don't reject it as, oh, no, no. <laughs> But look for God in the moment. For when we are struck by awe, our our immediate response should be, how do you want to change me, God? What is it that you want me to change? Because this is amazing. (laughs) This is absolutely wonderful. And I'm seeing you in a different way. Open your heart before him. And he will change your life. He's amazing. So stand with me, if you would, and we're going to pray. You can stand at home as well, <laughs> give you a chance to stretch a little bit. Ah, Lord, your word is so full of majesty trying to describe you with inadequate language our english language that cannot cannot hold you cannot encapsulate you for you're bigger than than any of the words or any of the descriptors that we can we can use Anything that we try to describe you with is somehow insufficient. And when we come into your presence in heaven, oh God, we're going to be awestruck. As Isaiah, who was in your presence, said, I am a man of unclean lips. How many times we We have spoken things that we thought we knew, but when we come into your presence, we do not have words sufficient for you. Thank you, God, for reminding us of your wonder, reminding us of your majesty, reminding us of your power, oh God. We take it for granted because you don't seem to be moving powerfully in our midst right now. But that is not to stop you from anything that you're doing. You will be about your business. And when you begin to move, oh God, help us as your people recognize that you are moving in love and wonder, no matter how big it is or how small it is. Because you can change everything with a whisper. And yet sometimes you come with a shout. You are amazing. I pray that each one here and each one at home will have an understanding somehow of what it is to be awestruck by you, awestruck by your presence and get to know you in a way that that takes our breath away And leaves us having to change the way we look at everything because we've met you. You are awesome, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Bless each one, we pray now. In your lovely name, amen.